I'm old. You're not. Shut up. <gasps> You're hot. Ravi, get off Grinder. I mean, call me out. Boomer and the Millennial. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was so wrong. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Boomer and the Millennial, the premiere episode podcast thingy. Guess what? I'm the Boomer. I'm Cheryl Stern. <laughs> and I'm the Millennial, Ravi Roth. Although I'm the very last year of the Millennials, apparently. According to one site that I don't really know. Wow. Well, you better look it up. But you're an aging millennial, face Ugh. it. So we have this crazy bond. <laughs> I'm like right in the middle of the boomers. I'm not going to tell you my exact age, but I'm basically an old person. And um, we, are, Ravi and I are like joined at the hip. and Basically, we're inseparable. It is weird how this has happened over the years. <laughs> it really... And I could be your mother. But you kind of are, in a way. In a way. In a way. But then I'm like your sister. Right. And like my girlfriend. And you're totally like my my girlfriend. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. My husband's right over here getting very jealous. Um, <sighs> but like, there's so much more going on with us. We just, we found each other and we share a lot. We're from completely different generations. And yet there's this weird bond where we meet in the middle and we sort of mentor each other. Yeah. And I don't know, support each other in a crazy ass kind of way. And we thought that this is something special that we could like share with the world. And the deal is we've got a lot of stuff that we can't figure out, right? Mm -hmm. And the two of us sit around my dining room table <laughs> or my laundry room. Or the children's room downstairs. The children's room. Or the room. roof on the top of your building. <laughs> I have a nice building. It's There's a, a very lot of nice, facility. very nice building. It's a big facility. But we go everywhere trying to figure out what the hell is going on most of the time. And somehow we work it out in the middle. We figure it out. Um, you know, you teach me a lot. I teach you a lot. We, and then we wrestle with a lot of stuff that neither of us can figure out. And a lot that we don't know. Yeah, because it's a crazy world. It's and whether you're a boomer or a millennial... There's a lot of shit that just doesn't make sense. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, we were trying to come up with a name. And, you know, I stopped a woman yesterday on the street. She was carrying a lamp. And uh, I asked her just randomly what she thought of certain titles for our show. And we wanted to do something about the space between. Um, you know, we are two different generations. And we do... There's a lot of space between in our lives. Whether it's the space between... A job and no job. A space between starring on a TV show and that show getting canceled. Space between relationships. Space between addiction. We have a lot of common threads, but that title has been taken and there's like 15 different space between. a betweens. million of them. We were so bugged. And then we're like the millennial and the baby boomer. Mm -hmm. All of the lingo that you don't understand, I don't understand. It's still dealing with the space between... And then we were think and then the other title we were throwing out was called um, Meet Me in the Middle. Meet me in the middle. And the lady with the lamp said Boomer on the Millennial. So Lady with the Lamp, this goes Yay, out to you. Lady with the Lamp. <laughs> and she actually got into like a huge rage about it. Oh, right? she actually did. She said when I said Boomer and Millennial, she said, I just got into this big fight with my mom because I'm 28, I'm fucking broke, I'm living in New York City, I have no idea what I want to do with my life, and my parents are just on me about it, and it's like, it's a different generation, like, you guys had kids at 28, and so, you know, I know that you don't have children. And, and there it is, I'm so not that woman, I'm not that person's mother, and I guess that's why we bond, but Ravi and I both come from sort of a similar socioeconomic background, being 
Jewish upper middle class. And I think that's something that bonded us. We're both in show business. We're both trying to figure out a, a freelance lifestyle in Manhattan in 2019. Oh, it's terrible. Which is crazy. It's, it's, but it, surviving in this city when you're not on like a full contract, it's brutal. It's brutal, baby. <laughs> it's hard. And we work. We do. So we, we don't want to be whiners. You got, you got to understand, we're not whining. You know, Ravi and I both um, are very grateful for what we have in our lives. And um, we're grateful for the work that comes our way. And it does come our way. We both were just in a fabulous off-Broadway show that I was a co-writer on. And Ravi covered all the roles in the show brilliantly. It's how we met six years ago. Was that six years that ago? It was over six years ago when this wow. show was first a workshop and then it became a production. And um, our, we've watched our relationship grow in huge ways over the course of those years. And Ravi had a deep, dark secret that I didn't know that I found out over the course of this year. And I'm so proud of him for where he's come. I wrote a one-woman show about a deep, dark secret that I have. <laughs> and we share one common thread, which is... Addiction. Addiction. Big yeah. surprise, right? I mean, very different addictions. Very but different. But, you know, on one hand, addiction is addiction. And um, both both of our addictions <laughs> blew out our pocketbooks. Well said. So I have a show called Shoes and Baggage. It's about shopping addiction. It's about my personal struggle with under-earning and overspending. It's a long story. You'll hear more about it on another day. But go to shoesandbaggage.com and you can listen all about it. <gasps> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. So, um... So, you know, I worked it out by creating a show about it, but it's still been a struggle in my life to figure out how to have all the stuff that I'm accustomed to having on a budget and being realistic about and mindful about spending. And Ravi came out last year that you had a serious addiction with. Yeah, serious drug addiction. Um, On January 24th is a year. And I'll have a year clean of drugs. And my main drug was, I was addicted to GHB, which is kind of like a liquid ecstasy. Um, And I got really caught up in the party scene here. And it really stemmed from the lack of self-worth that I was experiencing in my life with regards to show business, with regards to uh, relationships, you know. And, And we all have our shit that we go through. But I think what's miraculous is that one day I'm at work, um... And I was high as a kite and I went on Playbill and I saw that there was a casting notice for um, an off-Broadway production of A Letter to Harvey Milk. And I was like, shut up. I did that show. And I, at that moment, I was like not doing theater at all because I just completely gave up on my dreams to be an actor. I mean, I was in a really, really dark place. Mm. I shot Cheryl Stern an email and, you know, we at this point, we didn't talk for, it was been, what, three years? Yeah. Four years? And it wasn't, we didn't, we didn't have a falling out. We just like went our separate ways. Yeah. And I wrote your, her an email and, you know, Cheryl, you wrote back and said, you're actually interested in doing this. You're not traveling around the world. Cause I mean, Cause on, you have on, a big successful travel show. Yeah, I do it. Ravi around the world. Ravi around the world. Go look it up. It's amazing. But on Instagram, it's not real life. And on social right. media, it's not real life. Fake book. It's what you put out into the world. It's the best version of yourself that you want the world to see. Right. Um, so obviously I wasn't putting like the pain and agony that I was going through, but I thought um, you were like just wildly successful with this travel show and that you wouldn't want to be in some 
Off-Broadway musical. That's Off-Broadway musical saved my life. It saved my life because I got cast in it and I knew that I had to get clean. And I joined the 12-step program here in New York City and the recovery here is incredible. And I was actually able to to really do it. Um, And I I had a project. I had a show. If I didn't have that show... I mean, hopefully I would have eventually come to my senses, but who knows? And what's and, amazing is that I didn't know any of this, and I knew you would be perfect to cover all the understudies, when we say cover, understudy all the male roles in the show. I just knew that you were in between ages in a way, but perfectly suited to be able to play them all. And I had pushed this to the casting people, and when you walked in the door... I was like not knowing what kind of an audition you would give. I'd never been in a room seeing you audition. And you may have been high as a kite, but you nailed it. And you were fantastic and everybody fell in love with you. So then I had no idea what was going on. And as you slowly revealed that to me. But I think it's, I think that's interesting, Cheryl, in that, you know, when we did the show six years ago, I was, well, as we're talking about there are intergenerational things, right? So when we did the show six years ago, I was the young guy named Yassel. Yeah. But then I apparently outgrew that. So I'm in this phase of my life now where I'm between a Yassel, um, a Dan White and a Harvey Milk. I didn't think for a million, in a million years that I would cover Harvey Milk at this age. And, you know, you, Cheryl calls me the day of the audition. She's like, I'm not supposed to tell you this because <laughs> I wasn't getting the offer till three weeks later. <laughs> Don't but, tell anybody. Um, now the world knows. It's fine. Uh, and she's like, you're going to get an offer to cover Harvey. And I was like, when did I get it? Harvey I- Milk, which in this production, he's in, he's in his later years. So he's in his Yeah, 40s. but it made me have that thought of like, well, I'm a millennial. I'm young. Yeah. You know, when did I when did I get but old? But you're an actor. But I'm an actor. Stretch. And I could and so I it did. Gave you, it gave you it took you out of your comfort zone. So then I wound up working with you as a coach as well because we had always had that relationship of being your audition coach yeah. as well as your friend. So that sort of grew out of this. And then out of that grew this crazy social media Ooh, connection. So yeah, so Cheryl, I mean, this Cheryl. woman, Cheryl, you between I mean, no one in this industry works as hard as you do. And I don't think you ever give yourself enough credit. You're constantly, like you're making a Yiddish book on tape or you're (laughs) um, writing another one-woman show or you're like... Teaching eight-year-olds. Teaching eight-year-olds. You're you're teaching all the kids from China. You're, uh, I mean, doing a swimming class. Like, you're doing the most. And when you had your one-woman show coming up and you you were like, so I want to get more of a presence on social media... I had to learn to be authentic. I had to learn to develop what my persona was on Instagram if I'm going to be doing these vlogs. And you taught me how to do that. And together we started making these vlogs. Mad Mondays. Mad Mondays, but even before that, all the shoes and baggage stuff, all the shopping addiction stuff. And it started to take off. And we started to realize that we were making something good and something that made a difference. Yeah. In the world, because I started to realize that I had not just a show about my problems, as it were, but that I was really on a mission to help a lot of people change, including myself, while I did it. There's a song in the show called Changing Room, and that there's oh my room God, your, your for change so when we're so in good. the changing room <laughs> and we're dealing with our mothers and our sisters and our families and what they think of us and our body image and all this stuff. 
Um, how do you get past that and realize that you just have to be okay with yourself? And that's what I learned was really what I was saying. And I learned that from you by us playing around hmm. on social media. But then came this whole thing about this is boomer and millennial. Boomers, we don't understand algorithms. We don't understand hashtags. We don't understand any of it. And we're trying like hell to be cool and be relevant and be a part of it. And we just don't know. And Ravi is like genius and Ravi knows. Well, I'm also, I also have no idea. I mean, I'm learning as I'm going to, but no one ever did like a class. No one ever taught like how you're supposed to make an Instagram video versus how you make a Facebook video versus YouTube. And who vers- made these rules? <laughs> There's no one says the Yet rules, but there are. And you teach are. me, you're like, no, no, Cheryl, it has to be horizontal. No, no, Cheryl, it has to be vertical. no. I don't know any of this stuff. I mean, this morning. And it has to be 30 seconds, and it has to be this, and it has to be that. And you have to post it at the right time, and you have to get the right hashtags. And Cheryl, but you are very, you're pretty advanced at this now. This morning, I was with Rita Gardner, who was the original Louisa in The Fantastics. A good friend of mine, and beyond Baby Boomer. And it's cabaret star Jeff Harner, and um, music Rybeck. director Alex Rybeck. Baby Boomer. All boomers, right? Yeah, Rita's probably beyond that. I don't know when what's she the was one born. Of, what's the one before Baby Boomer? What is before Baby Boomer? War Babies. War, ba- <laughs> no, yeah. war Baby Boomer. So she's like, so we watched, we had a screening of a, of a two-minute video because she can't load the video on her computer. I don't know. Um, so she, we're done with everything, and she goes, so can you give me the blue PSTTH126 star line and i was like what are you talking about <laughs> the link she's the like link. yes a link and i said okay but the link has to be hosted somewhere and she goes well what? do you like a facebook host and i was like no you mean either a website YouTube. or like a domain ho- like youtube okay well why don't you put it on the youtube okay do you know your username and password do i have a username do you have to have a username <laughs> She's worse than me, but she earned it. She did, but she, to be fair, this like this is generational. And then, and then Jeff, <laughs> just calling him out. But Jeff didn't know what his Wi-Fi username and password were, so I couldn't I log it. on to his computer. There you have it. And Alex was like, "You have to be engaging on Facebook because it's all about the algorithms." And I love that he said that because he does know about the algorithms. He Although least knows. that is not about that's not an algorithm. It's no. like you engage with people, they'll engage with you. That's right. not an algorithm. That's just logic. <laughs> See, and he's my. <laughs> Um, we try. I told him I don't know the difference between algorithm and logarithm because I remember logarithms <laughs> from high school math and I thought they were called logarithms because you had to log in. It's so sad. It's really amazing though. But this is what you can learn, boomer types out there. This is what you can learn from a dear friend who's a millennial is 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 how to be relevant and he doesn't make fun of me he laughs his head off yeah, but he's not it's making never fun poking of me. fun um you do crack me up though i know well that's and, a good thing and i don't think you know you said earlier you're not trying to be negative but it's not negative it's like calling things out right right so I don't get it <laughs> so what what a no what what's something that pissed you off this week this week i'm obsessed with trying to get through get rid of my 158,000 emails I have a hundred and fifty-eight thousand unread Wait, emails. So how did you? How did you? Because get rid the of them? spam blocker doesn't work for one. Because everybody's writing into me. Well, if you have all those emails, just see it a spam blocker and delete them all. I'm like, you don't understand. When I put a spam blocker on, the important stuff goes into spam, and the regular stuff <laughs> shows up. All the you know 
cannabis oil shows up. <laughs> so I don't know what the problem is. But anyway, I've been trying. My husband's been on my case that, you know, I've got to get rid of these. This is like madness. So in the new year, I'm trying to decongest all my closets, my email, everything. And in an effort to do my decongestion, <laughs> I would rather just have Sudafed because this is making me insane. So do you, are you like going through one by one and unsubscribing? I, that doesn't work. And again, my husband's very smart. He said, you know, just pick something like Williams-Sonoma. Put that in because I'm a shopaholic. I get all this damn shopping stuff and I'm trying to get rid of it because I don't want to do that anymore. So... He said, "Just put in the search the search box on your on your email, you know, William Sonoma, and like thousands of those come up, and you can just delete all those." And I discovered this thing called One Link, which is some evil, you know, mass like spam generator. And when I type in One Link, like thousands of emails come up, that and they're are all from junk. all different, all junk, yeah, all junk, but from all different sources. And I could delete them all. So I got rid of thousands of them. Then I started the unsubscribing, thinking, okay, now I'm going to start unsubscribing to these evil devils. And when you unsubscribe, unfortunately, what I think you're doing is you're giving your email address to thousands and thousands of more people to send you spam, spam, because that's what happened. I didn't get unsubscribed. They're still coming from the same sites and more. It's evil. Oh, my God. So my question to our listeners is, what do we do? And how do we get rid of this? I want to live like a clean life. I mean, it's like it's like getting clean, right? You don't want all... Our lives are getting cluttered. So but not it does take closets, so much... It takes so much time oh to go God. through the emails to unsubscribe or to do your one link. One link. That was a little discovery. Then I discovered there's a lot more. There's another one con. There's always a one. Just put one in and all this stuff will come up <laughs> that you can get rid of. Out. <sighs> My watchword for 2019 is out. out. Get it out. Get it out. Too much crap in our lives. And but but the whole internet social media world has created so much more of that. There's just there's no space to breathe. And I think that's my biggest beef about life right now. On top of politics and God knows we all know we're living in an well, insane but, world. But Cheryl, don't you think that it's I mean, I have to say one of one of my yeah. one of my therapists. One of your one many. Of my therapists. Don't you love that he has multiple I did. Therapists? I, at one point I had three. I love um, it. I'm down to you two. You can't now. have enough. I'm down to two. Uh but one of them said, you know, what is what do you want to put out there on social? Like yeah. what is your objective and who are you following? And also Enough with the compare and despair. Yeah, Why are you constantly true. comparing someone else's outsides with your insides? Beautifully said. And that's huge. It's compare so true because despair. all I do is, uh, I mean, I'm really big in the gay travel market and I look at all of these gay travelers. I'm the only one that's wearing a shirt ever. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'll wear a tank top, but I'm never wearing a jock strap and being like, here's my ass, like, happy thirsty Thursday or Woof Wednesday or like, uh, Man Crush you. Monday or Frisky Friday and it's literally every single day is like a thirsty photo of a day for everyone that's in the gate I mean love you all yeah. but that's not my thing but it makes me feel bad right and we do this to ourselves. We, we look, we scroll. Ourselves. You know, you even say to me, you're like, I didn't oh get many likes or I didn't get many. Oh, I drive him crazy. I'll post something and say, nobody liked it. Nobody liked it. He's like, Cheryl, it's three in the morning. What do you want? She literally <laughs> will write it. Cheryl, you'll write me at like do. five, four a.m., two a.m. <laughs> I don't know what I did wrong. Nobody's liking my post. I'm logged out. I don't remember my passwords. That's another thing. That's like, another you, thing you, I tell you all the time. But the passwords is, is ridiculous. The password usernames. This is another one of my rants. 
We mm. have a lot of them. But really, I mean, how long are we going to go through this quagmire with every time you're trying to get onto any portal, any link, any site, they tell you your password's wrong, your username's wrong. And then, this is my newbie, if I haven't even done this one as a Mad Monday, have I? Those encrypted things that you're supposed to copy that are unintelligible. <laughs> and then they tell you you got it wrong. Of course you got it wrong because it's illegible. And then, and then you have like five seconds to write it down. Right. And then <laughs> You get a text you... on your phone and it goes away. Yeah. Like the, the verification code. It's insane. We're not, and then this is all supposed to be to protect our security, but it's making us crazy. It's insane. And then you have so, to change your password every so often on these things, and then you have to add a, add a symbol. The second one now too. I had some other thing now. I forget what it was for. It's telling. Oh, my phone. It's telling me I'm not secure because I did the photo ID because I got a new phone. Don't get me started on that. No button and have to flip, flip, <laughs> flip. But now I did photo ID, which again, my husband tells me I'm crazy to do. And in order to protect you from the photo ID, you have to have a second identity thing. But in order to do that, you have to know your iCloud password link. What's that called? iCloud the, something. The Apple ID. Not your Apple ID. I know that. Thank God. <laughs> But this was the, the iCloud, iCloud link something. I'm like, I don't know what that is. My husband set it up. So now I can't finish the security features on my phone. And my, phone, and my phone randomly is always so asking me now. don't steal my phone. It's always asking me now, what is my, what is my Gmail's password? Why don't you remember it? Why, Why are you asking it? me again? Every and time. I don't remember because... Even when you because, click the box, remember this, it doesn't. And... I automatically get emails to my phone. And you know what we do have in common is what? the insanity of the of the inbox. And I'm so sick of people that look at my phone and are like, oh my God, you have 31,000 emails? <laughs> I'm like, are you that neurotic that you actually go through them as they come in and you delete can't. them? I can't. I don't have time for that. Time. You have too much time on your hands if you can delete all your email. That's what I Can say. I have your time? Yes. Give me your time because I don't. <laughs> Okay, so we can get kind of ranty here, can't we? We could. And we do. And so you'll hear this segment on a, on a regular basis. <laughs> Ravi, there's another, there's another segment that I love that we're going to explore. And you say it so beautifully. I want you to say it. What have you been up to lately? Do we not all hate that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're saying we're not going to be bitching, but here we are. I know. This but is another come ranty on, though, but let's, let's Let's be real. When someone comes up to you, that you're Facebook friends with, that you might not see all the time. Right. And they're like, what have you been up to? Bitch, you know if I was in a show, you would know that I'm you in a show. See it. Right. So you're really asking me that question so that you can tell me what you've been up to lately. Ah, so true. So true. People know better than to ask that. And yet, I guess it's a legitimate thing. In a regular world, in a non-obsessive, competitive world, that would be a nice, friendly question, but it's grown to mean something else, and it's grown to make your blood pressure rise. And but you know what? We put that we put, we put that, that on right ourselves. On we put that directly on. If someone can say, if someone says, "What have you been up to lately?" Um, you know, I'm reading this amazing book called The Velvet Rage. Cool. I <laughs> it's just about the gay men and their rage. Um, I am celebrating a year of recovery. I'm working on my spirituality and doing more yoga. I'm working with this amazing girl, Lady Cheryl. Uh, and we're having sessions all the time about social media and auditions. Um, you know, I'm, be between, I'm in between projects right now and, and I'll be traveling soon. Instead, I get tight in the jaw. My stomach gets clenched. And I'm like, uh, you know, just like auditioning season and figuring out, you know, you turn yeah, it immediately turn to around. a negative. Ask me the same question. I'll what give have you, you been up to? 
Well, um, I'm currently a recurring character on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That's amazing. Yes, I play Ida Ettenberg, and I'm Zach Levi's mother on the show. Holy shit. Yes, it was an amazing experience. I just won an award for being uh, singled out as an extraordinary writer by the ASCAP Association. Um, I had two off-Broadway shows produced last season that I co-wrote and starred in. Uh, I teach on a regular basis. I work with students in China, in the U.S. for college auditions, audition prep. Um, and on New Year's Eve, when someone asked me three names to describe myself, I said, stupid fucking idiot. You know, we, 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 this we, is what we bond about. But we, because we, why? And why did I say that? And I unpacked it with my therapist because I was in the company of a lot of people who make a lot of money and they're my age. They're boomers who've been very successful and are now retiring. And, and because of the business that I, my husband and I chose being freelancers, I'm not in that position. And I was feeling less than. And I was feeling angry at myself for not being able to be financially stable, even though I have a creative life that's very full and it's full of a lot of successful endeavors. We have so much control. Right. Over how we view ourselves and yes. how we and, and how what kind of energy we mm. put out and what kind of gratitude mm. you know we stick with one huge thing I've learned in this program for myself is that I can live in entitlement I can live in self-pity but you can choose to live in gratitude because when you choose gratitude over self-pity and over entitlement then you are in that middle ground where your high highs are not too high, your low lows are not too low, but you are in that space between. You are in that world of, you created two projects that that changed the lives of so many people. You saved my life with a show that you wrote. <laughs> you know, you changed people's lives that, that you did. You know, Mrs. Maisel, you were fantastic in your coaching. You inspire people. You know, and you look at it, stupid fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. And those three words, it's how terrible. powerful, but how powerful that is for you to have that realization. We talked about this last week, how powerful it, that is for you to, to, to realize that's how, well, you go to there so quickly. You can go there so quickly. And, and that and is this industry. So that's, that's, this, this industry. This industry is so and I think hard. it's just the world we live in right now. We compare so much and we it's never enough. It's another topic that we talk about a lot. Whatever you do, it feels like you're never enough. You're not doing enough. You're not working hard enough. You're not achieving enough. This country, we've created such a driven society where whatever we do, we think we have to do more. Yeah. So the idea, and we talk about this as actors a lot, living in the moment is something we met. We miss. And you said so beautifully that living in gratitude is basically living in the moment and being present and allowing yourself to just take stock of what you do have. Irving Berlin yeah. said it so right. well. Taking stock of what I've got and what I... So what's... I want, I want you... I want Prepare. you to dare yourself. Dare I'm going to dare my... What am I going to dare myself? Dare yourself to do something this week that's outside Wait. of your comfort zone. Oh, my God. Mm. That doesn't Express, involve negativity. It doesn't involve, yeah. I, ha, I, <coughs> I have to pitch myself in a lot of ways for projects that I have. And I, I have to not be afraid that it's grotesque. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I'm going to pitch myself, Robbie. You're going to promote. Shameless promote. Shamelessly self-promote. Some people will say, oh, that's not out of your comfort zone. You do that all the time. 
not shamelessly necessarily, but um, it it <laughs> it's disgusting. I hate it. Mm. So it's always out of my comfort zone. But you got to do it because nobody else is going to do it. I do believe we're in a culture right now where you better make your own DIY. Work. Do it totally. Do it. See, I knew what that meant. <laughs> DIY. So I'm going to shamelessly DIY this week. <clears throat> shamelessly DIY. You? I am going to commit to a fitness regime outside of my comfort zone, which is anything. <laughs> uh, I'm a part of a gym. I, I look today at another gym that has like classes and I just need to commit. So I'm committing to I'm my to body. So yes. by next week, I will You're going to be uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger by next week. <laughs> Next week, I'll be one of those Instagrammers that does the ass I'm going to be Tracy Ellman, and you're going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> Done. I love it. So this is what it's about. Boomer and the millennial. Working our, working our shit out. Working our shit out together. Committing to one another to move outside our comfort zone. Elegantly. 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 With grace. With grace and gratitude. And it could be a little messy at times. Oh, it's going to be messy. The goal is elegance, but you got to mess things up. you got to break some eggs to make an omelet. Yeah. Oh, that's so, like, boomery. I love that, though. <laughs> so you got to break gross. some eggs to make an omelet. But it's true. You and can't you know be afraid what? to be messy. And I never have patience to make an omelet. I always start with the idea of making an omelet, and then it turns to scrambled. I agree. I like making scrambled eggs. So we're going to make omelets this week. This week's omelets. Yes! Two omelets. Two omelets. (laughs) So if you have any questions. Comments, likes, dislikes. Hit us up at boomerandthemillennial at gmail.com. Now remember that's two L's and two N's. Because no one knows how to spell millennial. Millennial. Including you. I know. I didn't. Me too. Typo city. Anyway, hit us up. Bye. (laughs)